I'm a very sentimental person. This has been a real deep podcast. I didn't mean it to be so. <laughs> the deaf is Stalin. That was not funny. Oh! <laughs> it's the traditional hero arc. You want to see the struggle? There's no heroes here. No, no, Come no. On. No, no, no. And I still think to this day that they probably are still, you know, thrusting no. around in the dark. Oh, no, so I, to think, speak. I think. No, don't. Hello, everybody. How are we? Did you see how quiet that was? Oh, God. It seems that everything I say... I'm sorry, that was really bad. Would you like me to start again? Hello, everybody. Here we are. And uh, this is Paul with Considered and Conceited and his very special co... Why am I special? That makes it sound like I'm special. All right, I'll go back again. Okay. Hello, everybody. This is... Maybe we should... No, stuff it. They're used to adding I'm Pip. This is Paul. Hi. (laughs) And we're obviously off to a great start tonight. We're on a great start. Now, excuse me, everybody. I, I have to apologise tonight because I am slightly insane. It's true. No, I'm, I didn't, just, I'm not arguing the point. I'm just no, wondering how no, is that different I, from normal. I am, well, I've just put myself through the torment of um, <laughs> putting forward a birthday party for a five-year-old with, like, how many kids was it? Like, six kids. It was only six kids. It and there was, like, a, big a gazillion adults all standing around looking at them. I heard there's, like, 20 adults. Oh, it I was just, terrible. I just wanted to pull out my bat and just start wailing into him. <laughs> you mean like go grab the um, pinata stick off that kid and go, oh, right, that's it. Just, <laughs> God damn motherfuckers! <laughs> no, it was great oh, fun. Oh, look, Paul's just finally lost it. <laughs> no, it was a it was a great day. It was a it was a great day. <laughs> oh man. Oh dear, and we digress. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I hope you've had a great week. And we hope you've had a um, great week. No five-year-old birthday parties. No five-year-old birthday parties because, you know, just before Christmas, that's exactly what you want. <laughs> you think? I think kids should be born just before, oh, no, about a month after the end of the financial year. That's in, a good idea. Yeah. You meant think, the, like what I did? Yes. Oh, well, you are such a scientist. You really <laughs> are. You worked it out and said, what is the optimum child to pop out a kid? Mine's born on the 31st of July. Oh, you make me sick. <laughs> <laughs> right on that financial Right year. exactly <laughs> when I picked it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Unfortunately, the other one's not, so I failed there. Oh, what was it the first one that you did that with? Or? Yes. And yes. then after that, I lost all well, you see, sense. I... Can I can I tell people what you were like before you had a child? No. Yeah, I think no, I will. Don't. I think I will. Pip is quite often. Oh gosh. She can be somewhat arrogant sometimes. <laughs> and um, she was telling me one day, and she's but while she was still, you know, um, just heavily pregnant, and she was saying, you know. My babies aren't going to interfere with my life. I'm going to do precisely what I want. And uh, the children are going to learn how to get along with that. I believe I would, the term is super mum. And it would just went... <laughs> hey, if there are women out there that can do it, I'm just not one of them. You're No, you just no. You, you fell flat in your face on that one. <laughs> I tried to fly. <laughs> I fell down the staircase and lost an arm. <laughs> Reach for the stars. To <laughs> uh, <those>, infinity. <laughs> Whoa! So I, I often remind her of that sort of thing. So, um, okay, well... Thanks for that, Paul. Oh, uh, look, 
You, you don't share anything with the uh, with with the listeners, I and do. I share like my entire soul. I just pull I it out, <laughs> and people dissect it on the table. You know, like a twitching cadaver. And I you can't sit help but if you've got verbal diarrhea. Uh, it's not verbal diarrhea. I'm just. I don't know what I. <laughs> insane. Verbally constipated now. Great. Oh, okay. So, all right. All right. Um, enough, enough of that rubbish. We okay. don't want to hear about my Fine. my weaknesses. Okay. Um. Anyway, so this week. Oh, actually, I keep forgetting about this. Yes. Oh, yes. It's well, it's something new. I mean, I can't be expected to remember everything. No, I know you just don't like change, do you? No, I don't. You, you know what's coming, don't you? You tell me what is coming. The cheesiest, corniest. No, 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 no. What is the name of it? <laughs> what is the name of it? I don't remember. Is it Paul's? Oh, or is it just <laughs> podcasting pick of the week? Here we go. You don't even have to say it because you're about to say it on the music. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, presenting the podcasting pick of the week. Gosh, that is awful. I cannot tell you how much I love that. That is really awful. <laughs> it's not. You've just got to get yourself into the mindset of it. Anyway, what's your podcast pick of the week, Paul? Okay, well, as well you know what it is. Um, I know, I've been listening to it. Well... Last week we had um, Alice Fraser. Her trilogy. Uh, and oh, no, no, not, no. And it's not, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's not Frazier as I was pronouncing it. It's just Fraser. Oh, um, sorry. Yeah, no, you weren't the only one. I, 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 every time I hear Fraser and Frazier, I like, I don't know how to pronounce it sometimes because I think if you say it one way, people go. She must Bruh. get it a lot though. I, I wouldn't like to hesitate, hesitate to answer. Any, anyway, so she's on. This week's pick of the week, which is the bugle. Now it's oh, she, just a natural not, link. Yes. Yeah, but it's in. She doesn't run it. She doesn't host it, but she's on it a lot. She's on it quite a lot. Mm. Um, so what happened is, this this is a podcast that's been going literally since podcasts have been going. It's one of the very early ones, and it was uh, run by um, Andy Zaltzman and um, John Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's a very funny podcast. Yes. And they've got different guests on all the time. Yes. And different, you know, topics depending on what's happening in the um, media at the time. Yeah. So it's like a, it's a, it's an audio newspaper. Mm. Mm. And uh, they, they do very funny gags and everything like that. And they just take the piss out of what's happening in the news. And sometimes we need that. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, it's also educational because if you're not listening to the news... Um, I, I Look, I put it down as my first point of um, <laughs> media, media for, for news intake. I, I think anybody who's like st- trying to stay sane would do that. Well, what was really funny is um, I was listening to one with um, Kitty Flanagan the other day and um, I thought, oh, she's really good in it because she, she, she actually went, I don't understand what's happening here because sometimes I have to pause it and then go and Google what they're talking about and go... Oh, okay. Or at least she goes, I don't, I don't know what's going on. And then they had to explain it. She goes, oh. And I went, wow, that just saved me so much time. <laughs> I know that's so sad, but I really enjoyed that. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, that's okay. Not, look, not, not everybody can be have their finger on the, the proverbial pulse, so to speak. So. I'm surprised I'm still standing. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. We don't... 
Look, how can you maintain uh, rainbows and fairy cupcakes and unicorns and things like that if you're actually tuning to the news all the time? Because it would it would bring you down. It would bring oh, yeah. you down. Yes. So, so yes. If you just want to hear the lighter side of news, go the bugle. It yes. is a. It has been. Uh, running for years and years and years, and it's just a good old standard. And it, you you come across some really good uh, comedians that are brought into it, sort of yes. thing. And they they are always hysterical. Well, some of them funny. you might not have heard of before, and then you hear of them there, and you like their stuff, so you yep. go and look them up. You know, the ones that I like the most is uh, Andy Zaltzman's sister, Helen Zaltzman. I haven't heard heard the one with she's, her. She's she's very funny because she's his sister and she's heard all the jokes and she's not interested and she just shuts <laughs> him down, you know. Um, and and he usually runs with puns and things like that. And yes, I, there was a whole thing of no, puns. No, no, you oh, just have no, you just have to get into the the, the, the puns are well loved and they are painful to listen to, but they are well loved. You've just they're not well loved. I didn't love them. I just went. I love them. I love them. No, it's such a dad thing. Well, they're dad jokes. It's one torturous line of dad jokes. Fifty percent of the um, population just go. It's the rest of it is very good. But we're really selling it here. Look, um, yeah, look, it's it's superb. It should be a part of everybody who's listening to podcasts. It should be part of your feed. Um, I'm sure most of you already listen to the Bugle. It's very very well known. Um, and I could not imagine listening to podcasts without listening to The Bugle because every time it pops up, it just gets instantly played. Are you making money off this? I'm not making money. <laughs> no, no, just the way you're going now, I'm just watching No, I'm just simply, well, this is, this is why I had the idea of doing this in the first place. Oh, no, no, I just meant because we've kept going. How many minutes have we been talking about The Bugle? Oh, it doesn't matter. No, no, it doesn't it's matter. okay. People here aren't paying money for it, are they? <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, it's all free, so you know, if good. we want to rant on about the bugle for five minutes, it's fine. Anyway, but I uh, want to talk about movies. Very well. Go Thank on. you very much. Okay, could we please have the synopsis for the first movie? Would you like the title of the first movie? Oh, let's just go no. Let's just go straight <laughs> no, into the no, synopsis. No, no, no. So uh, the first movie I'm just gonna say synopsis now until somebody <laughs> finally cracks and then synopsis. abuses me on and abuses me on Twitter or something no, like that. No, don't Stop it. It's my new word. War for the Planet of the Apes was put up by Cinematic Randomness. Hi. Um, they have a website and a Facebook page and they put up random cinema stuff. Excellent. Well, cool. what, what's the synopsis? Synopsis, don't do that. You're talking to the microphone, Pip. So, 2017 film. War is raging between the surviving humans um, and the ape force led by Caesar, who only wants peace between the two species. When the conflict starts to take its toll on his family, Caesar's darker emotional instincts take over his reasoning and he embarks on a quest for vengeance. He's very dark. Well, I mean, you'd be dark too if you'd had all the rubbish that's happened in his life. Oh, He's just got the same sort of life as any other, you know, happy-go-lucky <laughs> ape that's running around in Intellectual post-ap- ape. post-apocalyptic um, humanity. It's all good. So what do you think of the film, Paul? Oh, do I have to go first. Well, because I got in first. See how uh, that works? If you got in first, you'd get, you could ask me, but you didn't. So, Paul, what do you think of the film? 
Well, okay. I'm going to say some things here that you're going to disagree with because you haven't seen certain other films. And I know you haven't seen those films, and I have. And the big film, and it was literally printed across the screen at one stage of the game. This is a rip-off movie. I need some more information. Okay. Apocalypse Now. I've seen Apocalypse Now. You have? Yes. And The Colonel was a direct rip-off of Colonel Kurtz, played by Marlon Brando. It doesn't matter. He was even doing the same... I'm sure Maybe it was, he was watching sure. the show and he goes, I want to be just like him. But the movie in itself is not a rip-off no, of no, Apocalypse no, no, Now. No, no, no. Rip-off. One aspect of how a character's acting based on another character in a different film does not mean that the, the film is a rip-off. Okay, well, moving on from the rip-off. What, the thing is, it's with Colonel Kurtz, okay... No, with Colonel Kurtz, he even called himself the Colonel, okay? He was sitting there in the dark, moving his head precisely as Marlon Brando did in... Um, go back and watch uh, Snake Apocalypse like? Now. Apoc- Snake-like? Like a lot of evil characters do? No. Just like Marlon Brando did. Oh, far out. No, I'm not, I'm not letting go of this because I'm just sitting there going, what the WTF, you know? And I'm saying that because my son's in, within earshot at the moment. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, look, ripped off. It's one little aspect of a character, personality-wise. That's fine. And when you... The whole are, film is not a rip-off. When you are able to go, yes, Paul, it was, then it's we can not, move on. It's not. We can move You're on. You're not going to get it. Really? Never. Do you know why? Why? Because I can. That's not an argument. Anyway, moving on then. <laughs> Beaten into the uh, beaten into the ground by idiocy. It's fine. Um, oh, oh, and yet oh, you've been oh, beaten into the ground. Yes, apparently. So who's who's the bigger idiot? The uh, idiot or the person who's been beaten into the ground by, by the, the idiot? idiot. <laughs> I'm just doing the mental math on that now. Okay, all right. What did you actually like about the film, Paul? Oh, the film was really good. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I watched it and I looked at Jolly and he watched it and he looked back at me and did we you? both. We both looked Did over you watch it. watch it together? You keep doing this. <laughs> I think you're oddly homophobic for some reason. No, I just love your relationship. We live together. I know. We exist in the same... I know, but he, you looked at him and he looked at you. And we said, that's a bloody good movie. <laughs> the violin's still playing. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I think I put too much gin in uh, her gin and tonic tonight. Because uh, she's lost it clearly, so we're just gonna we're just gonna stop for a brief intermission. No, I'm good. No, you're good? <laughs> I'm good. I just got an image of you guys looking at each other and violins playing in the background. I just thought this was going to be a good episode, but I was so sadly disappointed, so quickly off the mark. <laughs> All right, look, come so on. So you and Jolly think this I, is a great film. I, I need you to focus now. Come on. So you and Jolly think it's a great film. Uh, I thought it was a great film, and, and, and Jolly's opinion is largely irrelevant. Okay. Yeah. Um, what did you like about the film? Uh, I liked the CGI, obviously. I thought the CGI was very clever. Um, Mr. Circus did a, a superb performance. Um, he was playing Caesar, and the way they were able to mesh human eyes into uh, the body of a chimpanzee that was over, uh, that would, had been. Pardon me. That that was like mobile moving around. 
was well, superb, I thought. Well, the CGI now has really gone from like one, you know, massive leaps and bounds. Mm. They've got a full outfit now with metal arm things too so that they can actually look like they're doing the ape running thing. And yet in the sapphire, they could not even do a bullet mark. I think the amount of money spent on the sapphire compared to this film. I'm not letting go of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just letting you know now. I'm not letting go of that. But, I mean, you watch um, Planet of the Apes 2001. Yep. And then you watch this film and the CGI is just amazing. Do you know, there was one part uh, of the CGI that wasn't impressive. What's that? Uh, it looked quite fake when I was sitting there watching. You know how Caesar's hiding behind the rock right towards the end and the whole army moves past him hmm. and you're looking between the rocks? Hmm. I thought that looked quite fake. I didn't. It didn't jar with me at all. Okay, all right. Well, I just that, Yes, it jarred with me. It looked very... Uh, green screen kind of thing. Okay, no, I didn't get that vibe. Okay, all right, that's fine. But um, no, I just the CGI is just incredibly impressive. Yep. I mean, the fact that these actors are actually doing all these things now, yeah. and they're actually you know jumping around and doing all this stuff and riding yep. the horses and everything like that. Okay, so so what did you think of the plot, considering it was such a ripoff? <laughs> Would you stop? <laughs> um, I have to admit. I did have to go and Google search some things. Like Apocalypse Now? No. No, I didn't have to do that because I've already seen that. Um, I find for this film, it's not a... You can watch it as a standalone film, mm -hmm. but w watching the rise of the Planet of the Apes and the dawn of the Planet of the Apes yes. is kind of really important because you don't learn about certain characters that they're talking about like Cobra and things like that. Oh, yes, but look... <sighs> no, I, but I find that extra... Sure. I, Information I, I got would have been helpful. I sure. I, I got that Cobra was from a previous movie. Oh, yeah, and he was but a main it doesn't character. help you because what his relationship is with Cobra. Uh, I mean, well, you can I grasp it, you know, later on the film. I'm sure it was very important in the previous films, but I don't think it was particularly relevant. But what I'm saying is, I think if you're going to watch this film, mm -hmm. you've got to watch them in order. Oh, probably. It's not you, a good, you'll you enjoy it. You know how there's some films that are good standalone films? Yes. You don't need to watch the previous ones? Yes. This one, I think think it would be better. You'd get more out of it if what, you watched like, the previous like films. Like Dumber and Dumber 2. I haven't seen Dumber and Dumber 2. Yes, it's an excellent standalone. Okay, that's great. Well, people who'd watch Dumb and Dumber wouldn't certainly go and watch the second one. <laughs> <laughs> so the only Hence people, I haven't who, seen the Dumb only Dumb people who would watch Dumber and Dumber 2 are people who haven't watched Dumb and Dumber. Oh, that's not true. I'm sure there's lots of people out there who love, love it because it's oh, got um, sure. Jim Carrey and I'm Jeff sure. Daniels and sure. whatever. Yep. But, um, and that's why Trump's in power at the moment. Anyway. Um, no, I just got to look. <laughs> <laughs> Did you notice um, the guy who played Bad Ape? Bad Ape? Yeah, you know, the guy. Yeah, the, he, was, he was the comic foil. Yeah, but as in, do you recognise him? Uh, he was an ape. Do you recognise his voice? Oh, for God's sake, he was a fucking chimpanzee. No, I didn't recognise <laughs> his voice. Well, because there's so many characters I didn't, but his voice, it's funny because the day before I'd been watching Daddy Daycare with Charlie and then his voice, I listened to him and I went, hang on, that's the guy from Daddy Daycare. It's um, Steve, uh, Steve Zahn. He's been I've in heaps, of other, he's been in heaps of, of other films, but he's in um, Daddy Daycare. Okay, cool. Never and uh, I just him. went, but it's funny because you look at them and then you can sort of... See the similarities? I know, only because you're looking for them. Yes. Which is a bit sad. Yes, I think there's a bit of projection going on there. I know, I know. Yeah, but yeah. what I'm saying is it's funny because you... You are anthropomorphising an ape. 
in more ways than one. Exactly. If you recognise their voices, yes, you, you would can... never have put that into him. Yet. But it was nevertheless. That That's what I mean. I it was still a funny character, and it was very well done. I yeah, I thought it was. Look, it was all right, um, the film, but I thought the CGI was really good. It had lots of strong action, but yeah, hmm. it was sort of a. I don't know. So the plot worked? Um, I guess so. It wasn't a strong plot. No. Um, I mean, I get why, because, you know, when you lose your yes. family... Yes, you it, it had essentially the same plot as Commando. Are you going to do this for the whole thing? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? Oh, well, he loses somebody, then he goes off and kicks ass, you know. We've done this before, it's um, fine. Well, he doesn't kick ass. Hey? He doesn't kick ass at first, does he? No. He, he has to wait for everyone else sh- to help him out. <laughs> he shit gets the shit kicked through him and, and then it, that makes him stronger. Because <laughs> it didn't kill him. No, I guess not. Yes, yes. But We're I'm... being a bit silly tonight, aren't we? Yeah, but you're doing it too. <laughs> yes, I know, I know. It's been an odd day. As I said, I, I put in my apologies. We're a little bit insane tonight. Oh, dear. Um, okay, so you liked it. I thought the, oh, the plot was all right, but it wasn't like made me go, oh my gosh, this was awesome. It looks awesome, mm-hmm. but um, the storyline, I don't know if it's, that's what I'm saying, I don't know if it was because I missed the first two. Okay. Well, I, th- I found that the plot was quite basic. You said Commando. Well, that is quite basic. <laughs> Does that but, mean you don't like Commando? <laughs> no, I love Commando. But then the I'm, plot I'm... is very basic. Why don't we let off some steam, Bennett? <laughs> I know Commando very well. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, so, yeah, but it's essentially the same thing. You know, you know, guy loses something, then goes and goes on, you know, a jihad and, you know, a, gor- it, a, a... a gorilla jihad. And <laughs> <laughs> I thought some of it was interesting. Um, like... The little girl in yeah. it. I love the fact that, you know, she's having a blood nose well, and she's bled on her doll. I must say the virusing the was a nice, little, so a, a nice little complication. Yeah, I like that. Mm. And I, you know, and that was intelligently done mm. and it wasn't obvious and they didn't hit you over the no. head with it. So um, well done on that And there's score. little parts of it where like at the, you know, in the morning when they're all there and he's grooming himself, yes. you know, shaving his head and they're all going, like apes. And they're all like, apes are all looking at them going, what the? No, they're not doing it like apes. They're doing it like soldiers. Really? Because I got an ape vibe mm, rather than a soldier sometimes vibe. Sometimes the difference isn't great. Really? Because I reckon most people watching this would go, oh, how primitive are these people? Hoorah. Mm. Hoorah. No, I still reckon. Okay, that's fine. But anyway, but, so yeah, if you're watching this, have a look at that scene. There it is. It happens twice. There is a thing about soldiers in that they dig deep down into their bestial levels. And, and become primitive? No, they have to bring Yes, on, they do. No. no so, they, so it's a bit like that, isn't it? Can I finish? Maybe. I don't know. It depends where you're going with I'm this. I'm just going to point out that soldiers generally, by and large, can be very intelligent, but sometimes, let me finish, sometimes they have to dig deep and bring out their bestial self for the aggression because it's their ass that's on the line that's got to run in front of machine guns and what have you. They weren't getting ready for war. All they were doing was opening out yeah, the cages but to let the apes when out. You're in the, when you're in the service of any service, there's a certain amount of that sort of thing Where going on. Where they want on. you to turn into an ape and go and fight. No, you're big, that's rather offensive. I know, but I'm just liking I, the way you look, cringe and go, I, I, oh, I, Pip. 
I, oh, Pip. I apologise to all the servicemen out there, you know, throughout the world that are listening to this, uh, for the rather shocking um, attitude that my compatriot here has got. So, <laughs> <laughs> you're a bad person. I've been <laughs> telling everybody for, like, episode after episode, nobody believes me and... Yeah, it's all coming out now. Only to you, it's all yeah, right. Yeah. I get you half drunk on a bloody uh, gin and tonic and it all comes out now. No, I think it's a gin and a gin. Let the real pip step <laughs> a, forward. A gin, a gin. <laughs> um, so how many stars would you give it, Paul? Oh, look, it's got a lot of good things going for it, but it's also got a few bad things going for it as far as I'm concerned. It's a bit of a mixed bag. Um, I think... It was entertaining. I think it was very entertaining because I got to the end of it and I went, yeah, that was great. I think it was entertaining. But when you stop and you think about it, there were several bits of it that weren't great, you know. There were some, some good bits mm. and there were some bits that were, I'd almost say, weak. So let's just say it's patchy. Yeah. I think patchy sums it up. Mm-hmm. So on the basis of that, with its greatness and with its patchiness, and, and like I'm quite happy to talk about the patchy bits, which and I think we've done that reasonably well, have we? Or, or Unless have we you have extra, extra patchy bits you'd like to discuss. Well, the plot, as I said, isn't super complex. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but um, the CGI was very good in places and at other times it was quite ordinary. But that's only your opinion. That's only my opinion, but... As we explained last week, my opinion actually counts here. I'm the one who gives the score. No, I get that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, look, I'm going to go seven and a half. I don't think it's quite an eight for a really strong film, although I think it was a strong film, but there was a few bits. The fact that it ripped off Apocalypse Now so egregiously. No, I'm sorry, but it did. And you could say it was a homage to Apocalypse Now and it was a homage to... Uh, Colonel Kurtz's character, but I don't. I don't. I think it was just a straight rip-off. Okay. Even though it said <laughs> Apocalypse Now underneath, I did see that. I saw the link. I didn't miss it, but I don't think it's an excuse. I don't think it gets him off that easy because Woody Harrelson should have the brains to be able to come up with his own character. What if that's the character he, they wanted him to do? He went away and he copied. How do he you went know? away and he copied. Did you ring him up and ask him? Because I know every scene in oh, Apocalypse gosh. Now. That's why. I know it very, very so well. So seven and a half from Paul. That's correct. And I'll do seven. Seven from me. Why do you say seven? Um, because I thought the overall film is a great film in the fact that it looks fabulous. It sounds fabulous. Um, but some of the plot to me was probably a little bit weak. Um, and therefore, you know, you know, for me, plot and character definition sort of, you know, important. And the thing is, maybe I should have watched the first two and I didn't. But for me, where I am now, when I've watched it, seven. Okay. So seven and a half from Paul and seven from me. Right. For okay. War for the Planet of the Apes. Okay, for kids. Cinematic randomness. We've pulled out all the stops today for our. Uh, Paul's movie magical moments because I sat there with Pip tonight and we sat down and we kept, oh, I haven't got a magical movie moment that ready. That happening. You need to stop doing that. Well, I had a birthday party. <laughs> no, right? you, so, your son and, had and a birthday I, party. And then I, <laughs> no, trust me, I had a birthday <laughs> party. <laughs> and then I like collapsed for the rest of the day sort of thing. I was just, I was strung out. Um, you were there, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, but you were. <laughs> yeah, I was there. You were there, yeah. 
Um, so rock and party man. <laughs> oh god. So so we decided to go. I've kept this kind of in my back pocket for a while. And I, I know you just brought it up, and but you reminded me. I've had it actually in my back pocket for some time, but you reminded me of it tonight when you said. When I said we should do Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan. It is the uh, school teacher scene. Okay, so I shall roll the projector. Get your gear. Let's go. You heard him gear up. Captain just gave you an order. Yeah. Like the one he gave to take this machine gun. That was a real doozy, wasn't it, Sergeant? Soldier, you are way out of line. Yes, sir. That was one hell of a call coming to take this nest, but the hell we almost one of our guys going for it. I swear, I hope Mama Ryan's real fucking happy knowing that little Jimmy's life is a little bit more important than two of our guys. But then again, we haven't found them yet, have we? Have we? Driving. Get up. Gear up. Follow me. I'm done with this mission. Hey. 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 Sir. Don't you walk away from your captain. Driving, get back in line. Yes, sir. I'll spend the rest of my life in the stockade if I have to, but I'm done with this. I'm not gonna ask you again, soldier. Captain! Uh, now this is bullshit. Fall in. Fall in. You gonna shoot me over, Ryan? No, I'm gonna shoot you because I don't like you. Sir, listen, so I got if he wants to go, just let him go. Are you, go. Gonna shoot me? Are you letting this happen? Captain! You see this? Captain. Sir. Sir, Ryan's dead. Bullshit! So we have a situation! Bullshit! Captain, I have a sixth sense about these things. I know it in my bones. He's you don't kill that son of a bitch crap, man. You're gonna shoot me. Huh? He's better than you. Then why don't you just do it, Sarge? Do it, man. Put one in my leg and give me that million dollars. I'm gonna shoot you in your big goddamn mouth! Well, put your money where your mouth is and do it then! Do it! Pull that trigger already! Captain, please! What's the pool on me up to? You are a coward, son of a bitch! I'm waiting, son. I'm what's waiting. the pool on me up to right now? What, what, what's it up to? Wait, what is it? Uh, $300? Is that it? 300 I'm a school teacher. I teach English composition. This little town called Abley, Pennsylvania. In the last 11 years, I've been at Thomas Alva Edison High School. I was a coach of the baseball team in the springtime. Back home, and I tell people what I do for a living, and they think, well, now that figures. But over here, it's uh, a big, big mystery. So I guess I've changed some. Sometimes I wonder if I've changed so much, my wife is even gonna recognize me whenever it is I get back to her. And how I'll ever be able to... to tell her about days like today. Uh, Ryan... I don't know anything about Ryan, I don't care. Man means nothing to me, it's just a name, but if... You know, if going to Ramel and finding him so he can go home, if that earns me the right to get back to my wife, well, then, then 
That's my mission. You want to leave? You want to go off and fight the war? All right. All right, I won't stop you. I'll even put in the paperwork. I just know that every man I kill, the farther away from home I feel. Okay, and we're back. So, three hundred dollars on guessing um what Tom, Tom Hanks' character did for a living. Mmm. Mmm. What are you eating? Cheese. <laughs> Sorry, I just realised I was doing a podcast. Sorry, everybody. My mouth was Nom 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 nom. Private Ryan. Nom nom nom. Look, it's been a very stressful day, all right, and I am a bit of a stress eater. Okay. So yeah. hence, hence my magnificent physique. Nobody can see it. Doesn't matter. We can we can make something up. I got pictures on the internet. Oh well, too late. She yes. cried waving her wooden leg. Um, second film tonight was put up by Paul. This is one of Paul's favourites. Question not a, mark. Not a favourite. Can I give? Uh, do you want to do the synopsis first, and then, right. we'll, then we'll go? So this from movie's there. called What Dreams May Come. It was done in 1998. <laughs> It's a very chirpy, upbeat kind of film. <laughs> yes, it, it sounds great. <laughs> Cupcakes and rainbows. <laughs> so, Paul. Now, before we start with me. We're going to start with you anyway because you're no, explaining no, no, why you no, put no. it up. Oh, okay. This was a film that I... This is kind of... You know when you watch something when you're a lot younger and then you go to, and, and have a look back in it with kind of like um, eyes of nostalgia and look at it again and go, well, wasn't I a fuckhead, you know? I don't know about the last comment, but I, there's movies that I, I well, like I'm purely because I can remember my childhood I'm a little, I'm a little hard on myself sometimes. Anyway, look, this was a film that was very special to me in my first marriage. Okay. Okay. So, having said that, that was back in the 90s. When, when was this film came out? 1998. 1998. Okay. So, it came out and it hit me like an absolute brick in the head, you know, right in the back of the head. And I thought, you know, this was before soulmates, soulmates were, became blasé. Do you know what I mean? Like, everybody uses, oh, he's my soulmate, you know, fuck off, you know. <laughs> it's like, please... You know, so, um, yeah, so it was kind of, it hit me at the time, it spoke to me at the time sort of thing. And then as a person, you go further down the road of life and you look back on it and go, well, it really was a bit of a wanky film. 
I found it so. I found it was second, second time through. Like, don't get me wrong. There were times where I was still emotional and I had emotional responses to a lot of it. But there was some... You see, I wasn't... I was more of a spiritual person earlier on in life than I am now, the cold, hard, cynic atheist that I am. And in those days, I still thought that, you know, there might be some sort of afterlife and everything like that. But I'm just sitting there thinking, this is a Christian's wet dream. I think you're looking at it from the wrong... I know. I'm potentially looking at it from every wrong angle that there is. No, I mean... because All not, at the same time. They're not sort of... I know at one point they do ask about God, but yeah. I... No, they, they try and take it out of the equation. It's not... That's not what it is. Yes. It's about the consciousness. Yes. Um, but the other thing is... I'm just saying that's the gulf between where I watched it in the first place to where I watched it the other night. I think I the went, other mm. thing is that you don't believe in soulmates, obviously, because... Because... Where, where you when are you in have, your when life... You, when you have a soulmate and they go... Oh, you can fuck off now. You know, <laughs> you go. Oh, but there are people out there that yeah. do have this sort of connection. I mean, yeah, you're not one of them, but you know, mm. I mean, this this can happen for people. And like they said, being a soulmate is rare. Mm. They actually, they say that in the film. This this situation is incredibly rare. Yep. Um, but it does happen from mm. time to time. Mm. So it's almost like a. I wouldn't say wet dream, but it's a dream. People would love this situation. Imagine dying and knowing that you could have whatever your thought processes could create and having a soulmate, someone that cared for you even through death. I mean, isn't that the ultimate sort of dream goal, whatever? The ultimate dream being the wet dream. That love that love can, um, what's the word, transpose death. Is that the word? Transpose? Transcend. Uh, that's a better Tran- word, thank that's, you. That's, that's it. That's the one I'm after. Mm. Transcend death. And that's what this film is about. It's about transcending death and all the things that were important to you in this life on Earth, then suddenly you get to go and have the repeat replay and get to experience the same thing with those people for eternity if you choose to do so. If you choose to. You can actually go and reincarnate. Yes, which is not Christian. No. No. That's what I mean. It's a. It's a. No, I know. It's well, let's just let's just have whatever religions we want. We'll just mix but them all in. That's what I mean. In, this is almost know. like the dream of what what mm. is possibly the best that we can take out of this for everyone. Right, put it in. They've had such a horrible life. Their yep. afterlife is going to be awesome. Now I put up uh, at, in our Facebook page uh, a, a, a not a documentary, but a, a little interview that uh, Robin Williams had done uh when he was coming out and the the film was finished and he was kind of you know kind of g up the crowd sort of thing over the movie now i don't think it did hugely well it never like destroyed the box offices or anything like that did it do okay did you Um, check that it won the academy award for best visual effects well yeah but it didn't do great in the box office but i mean some people don't like movies about death because it just makes them feel mortal which they are. I know, but nobody. A lot of people and don't there like is to look no at that. Hope. <laughs> nobody likes to look at that. So, it's and also you'd probably look at the shorts for this and go, "Oh, it's just an arty film because of the way it's filmed." It is an arty film, but, but it, I mean, it's it's it's, it's done it's, in a really interesting do you know what? way. Do you know what I'm? I'm look. I how can I put this? 
I'm not a huge fan of art per se. I'm not like but the pretension that art visual art sometimes brings is a little bit of a, a little bit of a wank. I'm sorry. There is beautiful art out there. There is classical art out there. There is people who are completely revolutionising how we think and feel about the world around us with their art and all the rest of it. But for everybody else who lacks the talent, they just they they just skate through on being pompous little turds. And what what did you think about this one? It wasn't too pompous. It wasn't too pompous because I think I, I, think I like the connection that it made. Yeah, to her like she, art. she, you, the art, the art was central to her, mm. but it was also central to her pain, and so she wasn't feeling it. Uh, you know, she wasn't trying to impress anybody, and that had that strikes truer to me than people who are just simply trying to say, "Well, I've just created an incredible art piece," you know. Essentially what I've done is I've got a fresh canvas and I've not drawn anything on it whatsoever and I've submitted it to the art gallery. And if you laugh at me, you can I go know, to... I know, I know, I've there seen is, it. There is a piece there, there is a piece there in the middle of the Australian Art Gallery when I went through there once quite a few years ago. Um, and it was just a completely white canvas. And I just looked at it and we're in the, everyone else was going... And I was just going... Oh, you said that in a museum? <laughs> yeah, in I did. Gallery? I made sure I said it quite loudly too. Oh gosh. I just well I came Classy. around the corner. I came around the corner and then I got close to it and I looked at it to make sure that it was exactly what I thought it was. And then I But just you had to loose. look at it. Yes. You yes. had to look at it. Everyone I must have been looking at it going. Don't mm. care. I don't <laughs> care. You're a tosser if you do that. You're a tosser. If you put that up there on the wall, you're a fuckhead. Okay, but we agree that the art, the way the um, visual effects were done in this film yep. were done in a very tasteful yep. way. And I just can't way. stand that level of pomposity, okay. you know, because it interferes with my own level of pomposity. Can I talk about that for a minute? You go for it. <laughs> <laughs> my, my pomposity. What Dreams May Come mm-hmm. is um, part of the soliloquy from Hamlet to be or not to be. You've obviously gone and done some research on this. So no, 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 it no, no, I can, I can feel it. I can feel it. So uh, you tell me. When you put the film up and I went, oh, to be or not, uh, uh, what dreams may come, I went, oh, that sounds familiar. But then I had to look it up and it was um, based on a novel um, by Richard Matheson. And, um, yeah, I just went, oh, hang on. And then had this all this thing about why he's picked it, that yep. title yep. from Hamlet blah, 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 and what it means. I'm like, I wonder if Paul picked it for that reason. I'm guessing from the blank look on your face that that wasn't the reason. Not at all. Okay. Not at all. I, I was just... <laughs> I no, love... I, just, I, I love <laughs> look, it's as simple as I love Robin Williams. He's come up a couple of times in conversation of late and I think this is his strongest movie. And this had a very powerful effect on me when I was a lot younger and now I realise I've grown considerably. But it's unusual the type of film it is based on what's happened to Robin Williams. Yes. Well, look, he suicided. I know. Yeah. Can, can we talk about um, comics for a moment and depression? If you'd like to. Well... This is this is as good a movie to talk about it as any. Not that this is a comedy, by the way, anyone. Listening. Girls, girls, this is this is just for you. If you're saying things like, 
you know what? I'm like a man who's got a great sense of humour and always makes me laugh, all right? Just know that by saying those words, you're looking for a bit of a nutter, <laughs> okay? All right, now I speak from experience being a bit of a nutter, okay? I can be funny, but it is... A, a, a sense of humour that's zany and wacky and something like Robin Williams is a defence mechanism for traumas that have happened earlier in life. That's what it is. Now, whether people recognise that and say, oh, fucking bullshit, you know. No, I'm sorry. That's what it is. Boring people have had good lives. People who are... You mean me. I didn't want to come out and say it. (laughs) (laughs) But you you are very accepting of the people around you, and you're a good person. So and I'm boring. I get it. It's okay. It's all right. You know. Thanks. I, I would take boring over the the, the absolute carnage <laughs> that I've led. You know. <laughs> it's been no. It's not fun. So all I'm saying is that people who are very very funny, they're funny for a very very good reason, and that's usually because. They're massively insecure. They're desperately trying to reach around to find some sort of love in their life. Um, And if you can fill that hole, then maybe, yes, sure. But, like, look at at poor old Robin Williams. He was probably the funniest man of the 20th century. I cannot think of a person who was zanier and more mad-capped than what he was, you know. The guy would just simply absorb anything he could and just spit it out as pure comedy. He was very talented. He was talented, but is it talent? But the thing was, he could do a comedy and then he could do something as emotionally driven as this. Yes. I mean, he did some pretty big comics emotional make, ones. Comics make the best actors. Mm. They, they, no, look, I'm not, sure not, other no, people no. will argue with me black and blue on this, but um, it's good, true. Good comics. Good yeah, yeah. I'll look, I'll, 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 I'll concede to that. Yes, good comics. Very good make comics the best make, actors. make the best actors. And it's because they, when you're being funny, you have to strip back part of yourself, and you have to just lay it bare to people. You've got the emotional. You know, that's span correct. Of it. You've got to have a certain. You 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 develop in in order to be funny. You have to have a certain bravery where you have already lost your. Uh, dignity that other people hold to their breast. Do you know what I mean? Mm. You've already been laughed at. In order to be funny, you have to accept that you're going to be the butt of many jokes. It's very sad. It's very sad. And the people that do that, you know, who are comics, they they suffer with depression. I know, but the problem is Robin Williams was loved by so many people. So Mm. many people thought... he was talented, he'd won so many awards, everyone said he was talented, yet he was still very depressed. Oh, he had the whole world at his feet, mm. but that's not enough. Uh, no, no. Because he had that hole in his heart. Yeah, I know. Uh, that, could not very be, sad. that couldn't be filled. No, I know. And if you've got that hole in your heart, I'm sorry, you know. And look, if you've got that one person who can back you, you know, you can take on the world because you're fast, you're, you're intelligent, you can... You know, you can twist anything around and all the rest of it. You're you're agile mentally. But if you do not have that one person who will cover you, who will look after your back, as it were, you're fucked and you're alone Mm. because you're seeing through everybody. And that's what comics do. It's their job to see through the bullshit. And so if you're just looking for some guy who's really funny, 
he's going to see through you. So maybe you be careful what you th- you wish for. Maybe look for a man who just does puns instead. Maybe get an accountant <laughs> instead. You'll be looked after that way, you know. And he can do your taxes at the end of the week. You know? <laughs> you know? But if you want a comic, you know, there comes a cost with that. That's what I'm We're saying. We're going to get contacted by so many comics. This is terrible. No, no, no. I, look, comics are like cello players. They are broken, beautiful people, in my opinion. No, they are. They are. They are just the best people, you know, and they are the most interesting people. Mm. But they are hard work. Oh, Do you know what I mean? I, you've, well, you've, imagine it. For them, it would be incredibly you hard You know, work. you've been friend to somebody who has... If I'm not a funny... Like, I'm not a professional comedian, but I would fit that... You know, I, I would fit that pigeonhole of people who are manically funny, you know... But there's a cost of that at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I do. Yes, you do. Yes. Mm. And, and and they're always striving and they're always clawing for people to pat them on the back and say, it's okay. Unless they get to that age where they just go, fuck it all. Fuck it all. <laughs> and then they kill themselves. And you can't do that because you've got a... No, got I've a, got a podcast. Got a, I've got responsibilities. Well, I was about to say, you've got, a, you've got five-year-old birthday parties. <laughs> Yeah, no, I've got to get into 21 and then I'm good. <laughs> oh, gosh. No, all, that, well, that's my job. I've got to get into 21. Well, hopefully you'll be there to look after the grandkids too. What grandkids? Global warming? Uh, come on. I'll get into 21 and then he'll burst into flames. <laughs> well, I was thinking glass half full, but you know what I mean. Oh, uh, you do that. I will. I keep, I keep fighting the good fight. My daughter and I were at the um, Climate Action... Um, Strike um, for climate action, so well, we were there. And, and I was very proud of her. And I was very proud of you too, can I say that? That was, that, that was excellent. You're proud of us? Yeah, I was. Oh, that's I good. was, because you were encouraging her to, to, be, to rail against the establishment. And the establishment needs a good fucking railing. Well, I mean, we have to. Mm. I mean, we're pretty bad in Australia. We need to pick up our game and it's just depressing. Oh, it's not just Australia. But no, yeah, we are I mean, definitely dragging. We've got a very big carbon we, footprint. We've got a drag. We're dragging the chain. We really are. Mm-hmm. Anyway. We're not just dragging the chain. The anchor's locked in somewhere. We're just yeah. trying to pluck it out. And it's made of coal. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're working on that. All right. So um, okay. So yes. So anyway, um, thank you for, for thank you for drawing that. I don't know how that's going to sound. I might have to edit the the bejesus out of that. But that's essentially how I feel. You'll about just comments. lose half the listeners. It's okay. Um, so what dreams may come? What listeners? <laughs> I've seen the stats. I know how many people listen to us. We have a very small but devoted following of people. And can I say, if you've been listening from the early days and you've put up with all of our shit... Thank we th- you. We thank you from the bottom <laughs> of our heart and we genuinely love you. You know, I look at people like from Spain and Sweden and Germany and all of them and go, you guys. Oh, oh you guys. <laughs> and Ukraine. How about Ukraine? Ukraine is like coming on strong. And they're probably just going, yeah, we've got a better carbon footprint than uh, you. <laughs> look, it's probably Putin just listening in because we've said a few things against Russia. Uh, anyway. <laughs> um so hi, did hi you Ukraine. I've got to find out what's hello in Ukraine and then I'll come back next week and and speak some Well, U- that's your Ukrainian. homework for the week. That's my re- mm. I'll try and get some Ukrainian homework. Please, if you live in Ukraine and you've listened to this, give me some tips. Give oh, me no, give me a few don't. lines. Yes. No, go listen to YouTube and actually listen properly. Uh, um anyway, I don't listen to anyone, mate. <laughs> anyway, I was going to say back on the film, um what dreams may come. Um Oh, that's a film. Yes. 
Yes. We got there were actually, because it's the first time I've watched it, yep. there are actually three aspects of the film that I found interesting. Go for it. Um, the eulogy that, that Chris, the father, gives about his son, what he imagined he would be like, I thought that was a bit heartbreaking. That was heartbreaking. It was. And you know what? I... I was like you. I very nearly put it up as this week's um, movie magical moment. It's a really good, strong scene. The film, it's it's look. There's I, some really great strong moments by Robin Williams. I'm glad in this film. you said that it has been affecting. Um, well, I mean, you listen to it and you think, "Oh my gosh, how utterly soul destroying." Yeah. So. Yeah, it's real, isn't it? It really is quite a real <laughs> but movie. But he makes it sound real too. It's because he's so good. He is so good. Yes. Um, and there was another aspect. Uh, the, the the female was in my favourite movie of all time. Which female? The the wife. Um, I'm pretty sure. Annabella. Uh, yes, Sk- I think, or I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure she's in the red violin. I haven't seen that yet. Really? Oh well, we'll mark that down for. For a movie for further down, you better write. I've just that got down a. Bo- I've got her in as Law and Order, Criminal Intent. Oh, well, I think she's. I, I don't know for sure, but I think she's the um, the mother in the Red Violin. Well, you'll have to put it up at some point. Just, no. It's a movie for uh, musicians. It's not really a movie for not to put up on a podcast saying watch yes, this. Yes, <laughs> it's it's not. It's it's like that. You're following. Jeez, we are digressing. <laughs> but it's essentially the story of a violin down through the ages. And it's a well, bit remind of Remind me to watch it. Text bit of a me. cursed. Uh, all right. When it's I a have a life a, and a, watch it. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's, let's just stick Wait, it wait in till there. after Christmas. All right. And, and I'll send it to you and say, here, watch this. And uh, we'll set it up. Now. Um, but there was also that. So talking about his children. Mm. I mean, there was one part there where. There's a few comments he made as a father and it's really affected the children. Yes. So, And wh- he would not have been aware of the fact that that has so one, affected them. So there was three comments he made mm. that really stuck with the children. Um, one was, you know, he, he's constantly going, don't give up, don't give up, strive, yep. be the yep. best. Yep. And she's so his daughter Maria is sick and he's playing chess with her um, and, you know, try, yep. she's trying to beat him. And so it, then every night since they have a game of chess and he, yes. she never beats him and then she passes away. Yes. And But he never let her win. But she always tried. Well, I... I that, was the one, that was one thing. I've been teaching my four-year-old slash five-year-old how to play chess. How's uh, that going? Uh, it's, it's coming along. <laughs> <laughs> the next thing... Mm-hmm. Was that he wanted to pull his son out of the class, out of school, because he didn't think he was good enough for that school? And mm. his son's going, "Well, Dad, just let me try." He goes, "They're always his kids are constantly trying, and trying, and um, you know, and because he's always trying and trying." And there's only two times where he doesn't try, and that's when Annie picks up her game when he fails. Did you notice that? No, thank you, Pip. There was two. Thank you. That, that connected In the whole quite film, yep. he's yep. trying and trying. When the children pass away, he's there trying for her, getting her the painting, yes. doing this, doing that. Yes. Um, talking to the kids, trying to get them sorted. And you know what that is? Because they are soulmates. And I hate and then to when, use that word. But, but essentially. He, and then the only time, he only fails twice yes. in, his, in his whole life. 
and well, one's in the afterlife. Yes. And the and she only responds and steps up when he fails. When he fails. And that's because that's a proper working that's relationship. That's what happens in a relationship. A proper working relationship. Mm. If the other person doesn't step up when you fall, then you're not in a proper working relationship. But that's what I mean. It it just it, it's amazing how and it happened twice in the film to reiterate yep. that. Yeah. So I found that quite strong. Yeah, because each person in a relationship has to work for the other person. And they work for themselves as well. And But the children had those that aspect of him. They were constantly trying and trying. I'm I when I when I talk about relationships now, I am very Scarred. What? Scarred. No, no, I don't believe no, I believe in love. That's fine. That's that's not an issue. That to me sounds scarred. What? Saying that I believe in love. Saying that you don't believe in love. No, I just said I believe in love. Oh, sorry. I thought you said you don't. No, oh, back in your box. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. No, I do. I do. I just don't think that it's... All you need is love. I, I, some, I've learnt in life that you don't necessarily get to be able to build it from the ground up. It's, there's got to be a certain amount of effort from the other side. Do you know what I mean? You can work your hardest in a relationship and... You think you're doing great guns and everything like that and the relationship keeps going. And like I said uh, about a relationship once before, if it's a dead duck and you put it in a catapult, you can make that dead duck fly for a while but eventually that dead duck hits the ground. Gravity on the takes That's over. That's <laughs> right. You know, There's a certain level of you know impetus that will take over. So you can work and work and work at a, a relationship but sooner or later you'll get to work it out Oh, the other person's not rowing the boat as well, you know. He's going around in circles. That's right. One paddle. That's exactly right. Mm. So, and I think that this is what this relationship was. The fact that the, the, he is the stronger person, more organised person. But I think um, what this what we could spend literally hours talking about this movie um, because it touches so many points of life. Uh, he's a stronger person in this relationship and yet she, as you said, steps up and takes a swing when he is no longer able to do so. Mm. Uh, But, you know, I don't know. What they're trying to say is that when you commit suicide, for example, that you are... that you absolve yourself not not absolve yourself you, you you counsel yourself out and that's why you're stuck where you are you don't even realize it mm. you cancel yourself out um and and so it was a it was a very much a warning episode against suicide uh but Which can be very depressing and a trigger warning for people who have had people commit suicide yes yes we have to say that well we don't have to say it but well, i would like to say that well, say it I just did. Well, well done. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I know, and I sound a little heartless, but I mean, life is life and death is death, you know. Oh, no, no, just, but I meant some people who might believe in an afterlife and things well, like that. Well, that's it up might to be... them to do so, you know, and we're not, we're not telling them anything else. Well, but adding I mean, that extra information can look, help with If you other kill people. yourself, your pain will end, as will everything else, but it will not end for everybody else. You leave behind, yeah. You will just exacerbate and metastasize the pain that you are feeling and it will just spread out over everybody else that who you didn't think cared for you but actually do. And we go through life 
and we think that because we're selfish little chimps sometimes, we think that people don't actually care as much as we think, you know, we'd like them to do so. But they do. We just don't know it half the time. That's, so, right. That's very deep. No, it's just what it is. It's just what it is, you know. And so if you cap yourself, no, it's not, fine, go on, do it, you know. Take that bath and cut your throat, you know, whatever you got to do. But you're not just cutting your throat. You're cutting the people who are living in your life as well. Just remember that. Okay. There was one other aspect of this I'll film. probably end up chopping all that. <laughs> Jeez. Well, I mean, you know, it's this is... Look, I'm sorry, but no, no, no. This is suicide, and this movie, this is directly. I mean, we can tiptoe around it, but this this podcast generally doesn't tiptoe around things. <laughs> we stomp. <laughs> we stomp, and you know, if you're a delicate person, you've already stopped listening. So, you know, people who listen to podcasts, I think, are always looking and listening for something for themselves. You know. Maybe this might help somebody go, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should just put that razor down and just live another week. That is a nice thought. And it is. And you know what? You'll feel better next week. You will. Yes. You just will we'll, because we'll you pick... might hear a really good tune or something and it'll just lift your well, spirits. Well, I actually think they'll hear another week of us. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then they'll cut their throats. <laughs> um. I can't deal with this anymore. <laughs> 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 the other thing that got to me in this film mm. was the fact that when he did go in the afterlife, yeah, I'm not going to give away things. Uh, it's no, the, I'm it's not a, going to. It's I've decided a thirty-year-old film. I don't, don't care about. I it. care, guys. Can no, can we just don't interrupt me. Oh, Do not on. interrupt. Go on. There are a couple of points in the film where he realizes that his children. I've listened to something he said just off a whim. You know, he hasn't thought about the thought. I know that's a bit of a... He's made a comment with his kids around and hasn't realised how much those kids have taken in. And it would have just been a throwaway statement and yet these kids have taken this thought into their afterlife. So as a parent, something that you might just say off the cuff has really become a strong thing, a thought in, for the children. Well, that just feeds back to what we said before. Sometimes you don't realise the people you affect in your life. But that's what you I found You don't realise the good that you do in other people's well, lives. Even not even just good. I mean, it was a throwaway comment. It wasn't yes. a bad comment, no. but it turned into a bit of a slight negative thing, I thought. No, it's not a negative thing. It no, just no, no, reinforces... No, well, explain to me then. Okay, okay. When I'm going to ruin it for people, so if you, no, want, you actually want to see them, the film not them, be ruined, they read, tune they out now. Have, they should have listened, watched this film with us. No, they shouldn't. Oh, they're listening no, to see if it's a decent this is, enough this is film. No, it should be. No, it shouldn't. Yes. Stop watch the film with us. Go on. No. So, anyway, so he... Spoiler alert. <laughs> Gosh, I'm hating you so much right now. Oh, thank you. Um, anyway, so he's in the afterlife. Um, he's. Um, I'll pick the first thing that happens. He's been dropped off by Albert into um, another thought-made um, afterlife mm-hmm. by oh, what did she, uh, Leona. Yeah. And Leona, who is played by. Oh my gosh. 
Uh, Rosalind Chow. Yep. She's in Star Trek. Well, there you go. Mm. Um, anyway, so... One of the Star Trek um, iterations. I was about to say there's so many. Yeah, Pick one. Um, so, Leona is... Um, help, she's there. She helps. And she, um, she actually does a lot with animals, as she says. But anyway, what we find out is she's dressed up like... An Asian, almost like an air hostess. She is an Asian air hostess. And she's hostess. got on her, her tag, Leona. Mm. And um, we find out that it's actually um, Chris's daughter, Maria. Yes. Oh, Marie, I should say. Not Maria. Marie. And because um, he made a comment once about how graceful and beautiful Asian women are. Mm. And so, therefore, she wants to look like this woman so that she'll look graceful and beautiful like because her dad. Because we, we want the people who we love to love us. Which I made me go, oh, my gosh. Such, and he said, I don't mean all women. And she goes, but you said Asian women are graceful and beautiful. And so, therefore, I wanted to look like this in my afterlife because you get to pick what you look like because, you know, with your thoughts, you can have your afterlife being whatever you want. Yep. And so, that's what she had chosen to be that air hostess that they had now, seen. Now, without um, bringing on your... Helicopter parent. No, 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 no. But stresses. <laughs> it just gets back to what I was trying to say before, and that we affect people's lives in one of two ways. We are the villain in in many of the people's lives that we affect without even realizing it. You can go through just a normal day, and you're an asshole in somebody's life. You know, you might have cut them off without even realising that you did it in traffic and you were the arsehole. <laughs> that made them pull over and lose their temper and, you know, they failed to get the job that they were going for. You know what I mean? Like, no, that's that. what I mean. The fact that we are, you can, you can affect someone's life so much, yes, even their afterlife yes. so much. So if you've got a life and you're alive and you're listening to this podcast, what I am trying to say because of this is that it's a worthwhile life. It's always a worthwhile life, but it's only worthwhile if you live it. We're being really you, deep no, here. That's twice now. No, it's now. not. It's, it's really fucking obvious. No, no. You live it. You, you do your best you can. You know, what's the expression? You live the best life you can lead, you know, and there are going to be other people who are going to shit on your head from, from, from time to time and you just have to cop that shit. Brush it off, keep going. Yeah, you just do it, you know. As as Winston Churchill would say, when you're going through hell, keep going. Mm. You know, it's the only the only way of going forward. Um, and if you're desperately, desperately unhappy, it's your fault. I'm sorry, but it is. It's your fault. It doesn't matter how many people are shitting on you. It's going to be your fault that you're unhappy. What we're saying is you are responsible for your own happiness. No, no, I like to say it's your fault. <laughs> you are responsible for your own happiness. If you want to be happy, you can oh, be. Just let them do off it. the hook. Let, no. let people off the hook. No, that's not. That's look. No, no. It's you know such what? a precious thing, life and humanity that we've got. It is such a precious thing. I'm not going to fuck around with it. I, I you know, look, people. But you <sighs> just you just decide for yourself that you're going to be happy, don't you, Paul? I'm not happy. You're not that unhappy. I make sure that I get up in the morning and I affect people in a positive way and I go through and I look that after sounds, my son. That sounds pretty happy. That's that's what I... It's I what, mean, it's whatever, not... What it, it is whatever it is. It is not 100% wonderful, wonderfulness, no, but, no. Um, you yes, know, it's... It is whatever it is, you know, and I don't put a label on it. 
Mm. I just do what I've got to do because I'm just trying to lead that life. Wow. The best life you can lead no, at the no, time. No, I just realised how much unicorns and cupcakes and rainbows I really am. Yeah, well, you light know and dark. You, you <laughs> made the you comment that, you know, you think that I'm not a dark person. Oh, I think sometimes you're not. No, no, I always strive not to be. Mm. But I'm a realist at the end of the day. I oh, know, there's a difference between being dark and being a realist. Yeah, well, I know those. I don't, that line's very blurry right, at the let, moment. Let me put it this way. I don't go out of my way looking for darkness and becoming like some sort of goth or something like Hence that. Hence why I say you're not dark. No, I'm not. No, I'm I, not, but I'm a realist and I look two different things. Yes. I know it's blurry, but mm. they are two different things. Okay, well, I'll take I don't that. Like, I don't like darkness. People who are specifically looking only for the dark stuff bring well, you down. I don't do that. No, hence why we're friends. Mm. If you were dark, then we wouldn't be friends. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Work harder, mate. No more realism, darkness. <laughs> okay, can I change my movie selection for next week? <laughs> See if I can implode this friendship once and for all. <laughs> Come on, you'd miss the rainbows. Oh, I'd miss the rainbows, yeah, that's true. Um, so was there anything else you wanted to add about this film that I haven't added? I think it's a beautiful movie. Okay, how many I, stars do you think, Paul? Well, I thought at times that it was... No, 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 I, could, I literally could talk for hours about this film. I know, and I've... And we're, do you know what? Do you know where we are on the on the? I don't want to know. You don't want to know. No, I don't. <laughs> we're, we're way. What out I to, do want to know we're is way out into the red. <laughs> what I do want to know is your star rating. Oh, it's too important a movie, and it still affected me very very strongly, and it makes you think about life, and it does achieve what it aims to do in that it makes you want to think about life and everything about it. You know, and how you affect other people and how they affect you. And, you know, there are so many tangled webs in this that you just simply cannot, like, put it into a box. It just will not stuff into a box. I'm sorry, Pip. It doesn't. So I'm going to give it a nine. Okay. And I didn't think I was going to. I thought I was going to rate it very low. I thought you were too, but Me judging too. from the first but conversation. I can't. I, you know, from, the, from this conversation that we've had, and I'm just thinking... You know what? All the points I, I know. Up. Yeah, well, this is it. You know, <laughs> it just what it's trying to do is magnificent. It is. It, it it makes you. It may break your heart on multiple levels at multiple times, but at the end of the day, you just want to be a better person. At the end of it, mm. and I can't think of a better way of patting a film on the back than giving it a high score for that. So nine, it is. Okay, nine from Paul. I'm going to give it an eight. That's a higher mark than I thought because I thought you were going to be a sniper in the grass again. No, I just there were so many little things that made me go. <gasps> oh. What was your emotional reaction to the movie? I've told you the points that made me go. Oh my gosh! What if I'm saying things to my kids and they're taking it in when it's just a flyaway comment? Oh my gosh! And it's making me very self-conscious about what I'm actually saying. Maybe Did I should start texting my husband instead of talking to him in front of them. <laughs> Just same <same> text. <laughs> can, I, can I ask this simple question? Yes. Did it make you cry in any way? It made my heart jump into my throat. Right. But I don't have tear ducts, so. <laughs> Fuck. 
fucking hell. If that one couldn't make you cry, I swear to God, you'd be laughing all the way through Schindler's List. I, oh, honestly, no, no. you was shocker. There was parts of it that made me go, like the, when he's reading out the eulogy for his son, I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh. You I'm didn't not, even cry at that. No, well, you, you're a heartless, soulless no, bastard. No, no, you really I, I are. Felt, I felt for it and my heart was in my throat, but I didn't cry. Oh my God. <laughs> All right, Pip, no worries. Okay, I'm, I'm going to make you cry in a movie. I'm, I'm, I've now got a clear mission in so, life. Thank so you for giving me something to live for. You find a really sad <laughs> crying movie for me. I'm going to find a film. So, seven. War for the Planet of the Apes, that was put up by Cinematic Randomness, was seven and a half stars from you and seven stars from me. Yep. And um, What Dreams May Come, nine stars from Paul and eight stars from me. Yep. So... Two yep. goodish films. Yep. And look, I know we're a little harsh on the, the whole suicide thing and we're just, you know, it's got to be mildly entertaining sort of thing. If you are feeling bad, you know, go and talk to somebody. Yes, it's important. You know, sometimes we just need to just spend a little bit of time. If you're feeling lonely or closed off, go and reach out to someone. If it's a friend at the pub or if you've got to go, no, it's, look, a friend who's sitting there and prepared to sit and listen to all the shit that you're dribbling out is far greater value than um, a shrink. If you're having issues, also you can ring up Suicide Hotline. Oh, sure. They but are I helpful mean, too. They are helpful, but if you've got a friend. Friends are better. Friends are far better. Because <laughs> they, they know all your shit, you don't have to start from the start. They will get you through the shit, you know, and you will, you know. Uh, you will find that there is somebody who cares for you. There always is, even if you don't know it. Sometimes you just have to reach out. And if you're feeling bad about life, have a look at yourself. (laughs) No, I'm serious. You were going really well there. I was going so well. (laughs) You were going really well. No, have a look at yourself. There's a reason you don't have a lot of friends. You know, and it's usually because you've been hurt or you've closed off or anything like that. It's not a terrible thing to say. It sounds heartless. It just means that you've got to put yourself out there. No, that's right. You've Mm. got to be a little brave. You can't be terrified, little imp, for the rest of your life. Get get out there and fucking reach out to people because they're there and they, you know. And if you reach Reach out out and that person's an asshole, well, fuck them off. (laughs) 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 Ain't worth it. Move on, you know. (laughs) But anyway. All good. Have a little bit of wisdom. How are you not a psychologist? (laughs) What? I'm not. I drive garbage trucks. I know, you can tell. So, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) if your life is depending on it, you know, listen to the words of a garbo. We know. We're at the bottom all the time. All right. Um, Anyway, so next week, um, we're not doing any movies for Facebook friends for a little bit. We're just going to have a little selfish moment for ourselves. Just for, for a little while. Yes. Um, if there's any movies that you really, really, really want us to do, put them up anyway and we will do them at some point. But at the moment, we're, probably, we're probably sick this of month, watching everybody else's muck. Well, it's not. There's only one movie a week. Um, anyway, we'll be doing a couple of movies for us soon and I'm sure we'll do some Christmas stuff soon as well. Um, so this week, Paul's put up a film and I've put up a film. Paul... Which film did you put up? I can't remember. Go on. The Revenant. Oh, yes. <laughs> was that my film? Yes. I thought that was your film. No, my film is Burke and Hare. Okay, Burke and Hare. Which yes. I haven't seen and I want to see, so that's okay. why I put it on there. Otherwise, right. I will never get to see it. You do realise I only wanted to see it because it's got um, Andy Circus in it. I haven't seen The Revenant, but I, I, I know what you it's about. You haven't seen it? I haven't seen it. 
I but I know what it's. I, no, I haven't. But I know what it's about. The topic, subject, and I can say next week it's going to be a bit of a dark one. But ladies and gentlemen, oh gosh, right here. Oh yeah, rubbing me hands. Oh great, we'll need a lot of sugar. <laughs> It'll be a three-hour episode. It'll be right. Anyway, so we hope you've enjoyed listening to us prat on. Um, it, yeah, I'm prat. I don't, prat me prat. Yeah, you are a bit of a prat. <laughs> Um, anyway, so we hope you have a great week and you are listening to us next week. Yes, yes. <laughs> well done for making it through to another week. <laughs> and um, so we'll go and Paul's homework is that he'll learn how to say hello and goodbye. And Ukrainian. Yeah. Yes. Is that Russian? Do they just speak Russian? I don't think so. I don't know. If somebody in Ukraine could listen and... and, and don't be lazy. You go and Google just it. Just tell me, do they speak Russian or Ukrainian? Is it the same language or not? I don't think it is, no. Mm. But I assume they'd know both dialects because Europeans are very clever like that and we're not. The, the, you mean they're crowded together? That too. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so um, goodbye from me and Paul. Don't I get a say in this? Yeah, just turn it off. What? Go. Really? Yes. <laughs> oh, see you guys. Bye. Bye-bye. Oh, just before we go, please, 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 Please rate us and review us on iTunes. And look, if you're enjoying this, and you and, and you should be, because you know we talk about things like suicide and just, you know happy, good things like that. Um, and you think somebody can benefit from, from benefit from some of our what would you call it um, heart um, exploring chats? Then please, by all means, go and introduce them to uh, the unique style that is considered and conceited. All right, guys, I'll uh, sign off and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.